Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Samuel Drauschak, and he's the co-founder and chief process scientist at Truville, whose mission is to assist businesses in reducing wasteful activity by using innovative tools, software, and expert content. Um, really interesting conversation today about process science, project management, leadership, and I'm really happy to welcome him to the show. So, Sam, welcome. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, tell people about your story, your background, and what you do. Sure, absolutely. So I'm currently a process scientist, which is a fairly new field, but my entire career started with studying biology. I was actually a pre-med when I was in my, my university days. And then instead of going to medical school, I decided to just take my biology degree and see what was out there for a few years. And then I ended up starting working in water and wastewater treatment facilities, doing process engineering uh, in that space. And I just absolutely fell in love with process work. And then from there, my entire career has been a mix of process consulting, going off on my own and doing consulting, and really developing process improvement methodologies for the digital space and just bringing it into this new age of business we're in. And, and that's where the process science came to be. So I'm a real passion, uh, not about process, everything to do with process. And my whole career has been doing that work in one way or another. I love that. It's so fascinating. So one thing, um, one thing that's uh, kind of new is because I've I'm familiar with marketing and sales terms, but what is what is process science? What is process data? Why is it so important, especially in today's uh, age? Uh, elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with process data because that will be a little easier than starting with the science side. Because in general, you need structured data as a foundation to have science because otherwise everything is anecdotal. And it's very hard to create a scientific body of knowledge around anecdotal data. So what is process data? Process data is the data that describes operating reality. So I'm going to start with a kind of abstract way to think about it. But if you think about you're at an office or you're running a practice, whatever you're doing to create value for customers or clients, you take a combination of people and technology and you're working in reality, physical reality. You have to do things to transform energy into value. And process data is the data set that accurately describes how that transformation occurs. So how people coordinate with technology and different types of resources to create things in our world. And there's a lot of different ways you can structure that data, but making sure you have a standard is the basis for process science. Um, and, I, and I'll just, to answer the second part of your question, I won't go on too long, but the science piece is 
how do we study process and structure and use process data findings to help create replicable outcomes within business? So the idea of a science is I should be able to come up with process observations and analyze that data and then have a standard outcome, just like you would expect. So if I gave you the same study I did from a process perspective in one context, you should be able to run it with scientific principles and come up with that same outcome in another context. And that's really where business is going, which is we have this need for process, better process data, especially as the world becomes more digital, because we can't use our senses to see what's happening as easily anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea because now they talk about data as an asset and data as oil. And I think what, uh, no, actually one guest, he was saying data is not oil. He said data is electricity. And basically, because um, you go onto these platforms, data, rich in data, talking everything you can use AI algorithms to, you know, discover things. I know this is kind of a, but why should businesses invest in process mapping? Sure, absolutely. Process mapping is the easiest way for us right now to structure process data. And like you said, process data, whether it's oil or electricity, the idea being it powers, it's the, it's the foundational power source for a digital economy. And what I mean by that is if you are in a business Right now, to remain competitive, you have to be going digital. You have to be bringing on SaaS products, best-in-class tools, and you have to be configuring them to effectively match your business needs. And in order to translate what your business needs are into effective software solutions to benefit from automation, robotics, artificial intelligence, all the buzzwords that people really want that value from, you've got to be able to translate your business requirements into process data because that's what's going to feed those tools and it's what's going to keep them relevant and what keeps them useful. So if you're following the narrative there, you have to be able to generate process data sets or you're going to be really struggling to get your business into these digital platforms and really get those benefits. And to do that, the best way is to be able to map your process, map your business processes, get good at process mapping, get good at process mapping tools, because as of today, that's the easiest way you can structure and communicate process data. Yeah. And what is energy flow as it relates to process work, building businesses, process mapping, all of that? Sure. So when you talk about energy flow in the business sense, we're usually talking about energy as capital and human labor. Those are the sources of energy that really fuel business processes. So when I when I talk about energy flow as it relates to process data, it's the transactional measure that you work with with your processes. So it's not some new age term where we're talking about, hey, how's your energy feeling today? Although they are related. That could be another podcast talking about human energy and things like that. But generally, if I'm going to say, how does my process operate at scale, the measure of scale is energy flow. And when you're talking about an effective process versus a non-effective process, you're talking about the velocity or the density of energy flowing through it. So a good process is going to be able to take more energy in and produce more outputs than a bad process. And that's really what you're measuring. You're measuring how much human capital or how much capital and human labor can I drive through my process? Because it's really a yield. It's a throughput calculation. So you want to always be increasing energy flow and reducing your cost. That's how we measure process improvement. So your answer touched on so many um, really interesting things. And um, and uh, the other question before we get into AI is, um, again, you say process is everything. And we talked about that. What are some of the most valuable skills you think business leaders need to have with regards to this uh, process mapping, process science, um, and all of that? Yeah, for sure. The, the most critical 
skill that I think business leaders need to have, especially in this generation of business, is being able to understand this concept of describing their business as a process or seeing their business as a process. And that skill translates into the need for the process mapping piece or the ability to document and articulate process data. And that one skill could be as simple as writing it down on pen and paper. It could be developing it into greater use of tools or more complex tools. But ultimately, I tell every business leader, if you're not in the mindset of being able to think of your business as a collection of processes and being able to document them and articulate them to others, whether it be software vendors or third-party vendors, whatever it is, you're going to really have a hard time in this new digital, this digitized marketplace. Again, like as Para, I tell clients in every um, in audiences that the world is changing and paradigms are changing. And if you're not pivoting, if you're not investing in new skills, learning new things, skills that were relevant, you know, decades ago may not be as relevant today. So some of the most valuable skills, which brings us to the next question, which I, cause AI is getting all the buzz today. And yeah. uh, can you provide an overview of the broader landscape of AI and its significance in today's world and how it relates to process science? Sure. Yeah, I'll try to be succinct or give pauses because it's a huge topic. To, the, the answer that you're asking for is kind of a, a broad one. But I will say this. Let's start with artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence at its base, let's just define it. Because what is intelligence? Intelligence is the ability to make decisions. Let's break it down so it's simpler that way. And today, most decision making is done by humans, human intelligence, let's say. So the only reason that artificial intelligence is relevant in the current economy is because you can hire a robot or a ro or a non-human entity to make decisions at a way lower cost than a human will make the same decisions. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about using artificial intelligence to benefit your business. Now, how does it relate to being able to understand your process and process science? Well, just like every tool out there, artificial intelligence is a tool. You have to be able to understand your process and know where you can swap tools in and out of a process to actually leverage them properly. It wouldn't matter if you had the best tools on the planet, if you're not deploying those tools correctly, if you're using a hammer in a non-construction context, you're not gonna get the lift of the hammer. It's the same thing with artificial intelligence. So if you wanna say, oh, there's all these overwhelmed, you're feeling overwhelmed by the prospect of how artificial intelligence could transform your business, you always start in the same place, which is what is your business? And that's where you need process science. You need to be able to describe the processes that you have, the tools you're currently using, the people and the intelligence and the decisions that you're currently making. Because if you can't articulate that, you're not gonna be able to effectively swap in artificial intelligence or any other tool that can empower your process. Because again, the goal is, how do I enable my process that my customers want, the outcomes my customers want, using the most effective and most cost-effective tools on the market? So, so I'll pause there. That's how we're starting to relate a lot of these concepts. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and it's just amazing. Cause, uh, you know, I've used chat GPT since uh, January and it's like for 20 bucks a month, it's been amazing how the capabilities that it can do. And, you know, I don't, um, I used to rely on editors and, you know, writers, but now I can just use chat GPT for 20 bucks a month and, so much like it's just amazing the scale the efficiency the cost you know it's going to change a lot of jobs it's going to destroy jobs but it's also going to create other jobs so and just as you talked about business leaders need to 
invest in new skills, learning how to use AI. And um, it's going to be interesting with all these big tech developing large language models, their own large language models and what that can do. Uh, generative AI is going to be really interesting. So one thing is talking about is, um, you know, with this new area, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs in your field, creating a sustainable business, kind of if you had to do it over some some words of wisdom and advice? Yeah, for sure. The process knowledge thing, I know I sound like a broken record, but being able to understand process skill sets is a massive benefit as an entrepreneur, because ultimately it's what you need to do to scale. And scaling, I think, is what most entrepreneurs struggle with. You can have a great idea and you can even get out there and roll up your sleeves and execute. But once you want to really get to the next level, start having your first hires, start trying to figure out how you can grow the business and scale effectively, you've got to be able to understand your processes, be able to use automation effectively, bring in new software tools. So ultimately what I would tell most entrepreneurs is unless you can understand a a basic operations manager or a process engineering skill set, you're going to just be guess and checking and you're going to get to a point where your success is going to become a burden and you're really going to struggle to kind of keep that business going and growing because without that skill set, sustainability is very difficult. And then I would say for an entrepreneur just starting, if I had to do it all again, you've got to have a realistic expectation of the growth of a, of a new business and the timeline. So you're not going to usually pop up a business overnight and start making six figure, seven figure revenue in your first year. It takes time and it takes patience. And I think having a realistic expectation is really critical to keep your motivation high. I mean, you could have a great business idea and it could still take 10 years to really get moving. And I think entrepreneurs need to go into it with that mindset because nothing great is built overnight. And I think that's that's part of the part of the instant gratification culture makes people very frustrated on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like yeah, everybody expects like an overnight, you know, uh it's like one hit wonder which you kind of touched on was this idea is um, a lot of um, entrepreneurs and business owners, they don't understand scaling automation and growth. Every year they like think, okay, I want to scale my business. I want to grow my business, but then realize they, they hit this like burnout, this point where they just can't do anymore because they're, you know, strapped for time and, you know, don't have time for family and all that. So what can you elaborate on for the entrepreneurs out there looking to start difference between scaling automation and growth? Yeah, certainly. So growth is just purely net new revenue coming into your business at a sustainable pace. So if you're growing, you're, no matter what you're doing, you could be growing in a very toxic manner, you could be growing in a very sustainable manner, but that's just the acquisition of new revenue that makes your business larger, getting new energy from the marketplace. Scaling is the ability to take whatever capabilities and processes you have today that make your business function and being able to grow them in a way that you can create more throughput. So often scaling and growth are connected, but they're not necessarily, because you could not scale and you can grow by either doing, let's say process improvement, or you just going from working 20 hours to working 80 hours. There's different ways you can grow without scaling your total capability. So this idea of scaling is, well, you know, in the proverbial factory setting, if I have 10 machines that build 100 units. Now I'm going to have 20 machines that build 200 units. That would be an example of scaling, just kind of expanding your capability. And then automation is, is the third thing, which I actually mentioned earlier, which is reducing the cost of decision making. People don't think of automation that way, but it's basically how do I reduce the cost of decision making in my business? That's the true essence of automation. And in order to scale sustainably 
and grow sustainably, you have to be able to use automation in today's market. So that's how they're related. If I'm going to scale my business, I have to use automation because otherwise scaling increases the complexity. And if I'm not reducing the cost of decisions as I increase complexity, I'm going to have a cost overrun eventually. And my growth is going to be stymied by complexity and the cost of variation. So you have to harmonize these concepts. If I want to grow, you have to think about scaling. And if you want to scale appropriately, you have to think about effectively automating. Those things all work in harmony and that's how you do it. And, I, and I'll put this in layman's terms. If you're working, as you grow and scale, you're working harder and harder, you're doing it wrong and you need to put the brakes on and you need to pause. So, you know, it's very easy to know that if I'm working 40 hour week and all of a sudden I'm working a 50 hour week and a 60 hour week, you're on a trajectory to burn out and you're not scaling or growing appropriately. You need to slow down and work on the skills that I just talked about, because if you can't do that, you're going to hit a wall eventually. So that, that's how they're all related. Love that. It's like a engine or it's like a, like here down in the South, it's like your AC during the summertime. It's like, uh, you know, it can, if it's like, or uh, it can only run at a certain rate, but after that, it's just going to, it's going to burn out really quickly. So talking about using the skills and processes and tools that you described, um, how can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you, check out your work, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at my consulting company is Cavi, C-A-V-I consulting.com. So you can always find me there. More so and more exciting, Truval.com, which you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, dot ecom If you go there, we're just releasing our first process mapping, process science powered process mapping tool. So you can always sign up on the website for info there. And you can reach me at any of those places. And you can also reach me directly on LinkedIn. I'm just that Sam Drawshack. I'm the only Drawshack out there. So if you look me up on LinkedIn, feel free to connect, feel free to reach out, email me. I'm very accessible and I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Sam for coming on. Um, really exciting area. I'm always farming ideas, what's new, what's out there. And all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. He's on LinkedIn. Check that out. And with that, Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week